LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we are starting with a topic today that's it's just kind of a very basic topic. Most people have thought about this before, but I feel like there are a lot of people who have some questions about how it's done by maybe a pastor. So we're going to talk today about a personal time with the Lord, or a quiet time, as it's been called before. I remember when I first began to follow Jesus, 16-year-old high school kid, very first thing they did, I made a decision, I got baptized, my youth pastor handed me a little book called My Quiet Time. And it was six little studies that told you how to pray read the Bible, those kind of basic things. And I was excited about this thing. I'd, I'd get up in the morning, I'd read that little booklet, and for three days, I had a quiet time. Nice. <laughs> and then what happened? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I didn't continue the process very easily or very well <laughs> for a while. Well, that's like most people, too. You know, Everybody... It's tough to develop a new habit. Yeah. Uh, but it's critical. So you, we know with, with Replicate, with discipleship groups, having a time with the Lord every day is critical anyway. But part of the process of a discipleship group is the accountability that you get in having that time, because when you meet with your group, you're going to be discussing things that you have you know, gone through in your time with the Lord. So one of the powerful aspects of a discipleship group is the accountability you have from others who are asking you questions about that time and holding you accountable to have it. So it's, a, it's kind of a positive uh, accountability to doing what we should be doing anyway. Yeah. One of the most freeing comments I heard years ago um and it's stuck with me since then, is this statement. I want to make this, if you're in ministry, if you're a leader, and we're all in ministry, by the way, so there's no disconnect. When, when God calls a person to himself, he calls you to ministry. If you're a believer, you're in ministry. You're a minister. You're, exactly. So there's no, you know, and there, maybe we do a whole podcast about the chasm between the, 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 the clergy and the laity and the pastor and the people one day, because I think that's important to think about. But, here, but here's the reality. When God calls a person, he calls them to himself, okay? And I heard this years ago for me as a minister, it was life-giving. This pastor said, ministry is received, not achieved, okay? So what he was saying is it's easy for us to uh, gauge our effectiveness and our success and our identity in what we do for the Lord. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't do things for the Lord. We all should be doing for the Lord. But doing for the Lord is a direct connection to being with the Lord, okay? And I think what happens is, watch this, some people's soul is outpaced by their role, okay? Or let me say it another way. Some of your roles has outpaced your soul. What I, what I mean is you haven't spent time with God, mm. and so you have uh, gotten past the coverage, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you've, got no def- you've got no teammates blocking you've for you. You've been doing ministry. You've been seeing success, quote, unquote, yeah. and you're getting some of that success, and along the way you skip your time with the Lord or you skimp on your reading of the Word and the taking in, and you're constantly giving out. We've seen this time and time again. Yeah. Guys and gals burning out in ministry because they've just constantly poured out and they haven't refreshed themselves on the word of God and in time with God. Yeah, so the question is, are you the Dead Sea 
or the Jordan River. I talk about this in growing up, but I mean, if you think about it, and those who have been in Israel know the Dead Sea has one way in, no way out. Okay, and so you you're like an inlet or a cul-de-sac for information, but you don't have a thoroughfare like the Jordan River where you're you're getting poured in and then you're putting out and and giving away. So let, let me ask you this: Think about your own quiet time, your time with the Lord. Do you have a sufficient amount of time where you're having an intake? And you're not just having an output because a lot of people can put out work for the Lord. They can have an output of energy and excitement and ministry and, and programs and doing things. And what happens is you can do that for a season, but eventually the wheels will fall off. So the, the point of that is you need to have, it is critical, crucial for you to have a personal daily time with God. Now, sadly, Chris, we, we learned some of this in seminary and I've taken spiritual formation class in seminary. I've taken uh, Bible study class in seminary, but I never had someone teach me how to have a personal time with God, a fruitful, productive time with God. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I want to talk about today. So no one handed you the little, my quiet time booklet. No, <laughs> uh, well, no, I've never even heard of the, my yeah. quiet time. <laughs> So it was, we're talking early nineties. Yeah, I'm sure it was helpful. I mean, any yeah. any book that hey, it teaches you how things. To, if yeah. I had stuck with it, it would have been. But I would say this. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Replicate the reason you didn't follow through with the plan is because you don't have someone holding you accountable right. to follow through. Anything we do in life, devoid of accountability, is not going to last long term. Right. Okay. Now, you'll be passionate about, I mean, I'm passionate about playing guitar like you. Uh, we're passionate about magic like you. Okay. We're passionate about these things, but they go in seasons and waves, right? right? Guitar every year around Christmas, you and I are all into guitar <laughs> because we pull the guitar out. It's cold. It slows down. That's right. But that lasts to about March. That's okay. Right. If that long. If that long, right. Uh, or it lasts about February. Fingers will start hurting immediately and you're like, ah, I don't yeah. need this. And then January, we're all into magic. Because you and I go to a magic conference, believe it or not, we go to Magi Fest every year. Uh, we we so we go and we go into that for about a month, okay, two months. But the reason is, and, and people listening are the same way. You're in the working out at the beginning of the year, eating right. Go, everybody's playing golf again. Tiger's back winning. Everybody's playing golf again. That'll be short lived, okay? Because there's no accountability. You can't expect what you're not inspecting in a person's life, okay? Same thing goes with a quiet time. So here, here's a couple of things about a quiet time. I've realized that a lot of people listening will read the Bible uh, casually. Um, you'll read it over time. You'll pick it up, put it down, pick it up, put it down. But you're going to read the Bible. But there's a difference between reading the Bible to check boxes and reading the Bible to hear from God. So I was flying on um, a plane uh, years ago. I just moved to Brainerd Baptist Church. I'd left uh, my, my church I was pastoring in Morgan City. I was traveling to uh, live in Chattanooga. And one of the biggest challenges for me moving to Chattanooga was that I was going to have to fly every week to get my degree. I was finishing my uh, PhD at New Orleans. It was still kind of an antiquated system where you had to go every single week to class. Okay. And when I moved to Chattanooga, I knew I was going to have to fly to Atlanta and to New Orleans on a Thursday, go to class on Friday and then fly back Friday afternoon. And I did that Chris for two and a half years. Oh my goodness. Now, How is that possible? That alone is tough. Now let me add this. Let me add this one uh, factor to it. I hated flying. The reason I hated flying you don't fit in the seats. Well, that's part of it, but 
the problem was just months before that, or, or like six, eight months before that, I had just gone on a bad flight coming back from the Philippines through a storm. Okay. And we're on this 12, 13 hour flight from, you know, Hong Kong home. And, uh, I am literally making deals with the Lord in the bathroom. Okay. Which is, which is small anyway. So I'm in this confined place, hyperventilating, uh, you know, breathing into a bag and like, Lord, if you get me off this plane, I'll read my Bible twice a day. I'll memorize scripture, you know, I'm making all these deals. And so when I hit the ground, I'm like, I'll never fly again. Okay. And like, I think it was like a year, let's say six months. Oh, you're going to fly later. again. A year you're later, the Lord calls my bluff. Yeah. He's like, not only are you going to fly, but you're going to fly every week, two oh, flights man. there, two flights home. Okay. So I decided to make the best of it. Okay. So I decided to go on about a two-year journey of asking every passenger I sat by the same two questions because I wanted to do an informal survey to see why people don't read their Bible. Yeah. Okay. Now let me just pull over and park here. Bible reading, as we've said consistently uh, on this podcast and consistently through our ministry, Bible reading, Bible engagement, better said, is the number one spiritual discipline in the entire Christian life. Okay, So if you're an investing person and you're going to wage your bets and you're saying, I'm going to invest in one thing, the one thing you want to invest in to have the most returns, the biggest dividends on your investment is Bible reading. Okay, Bible engagement, not just reading, but engaging, living out what you read. So it made sense. Let let me let me do this informal survey. So I asked every passenger, Chris, the same two questions. Number one is this. Why don't and I started real broad. Why don't people read the Bible? Simple question. That was question number. That was an easier question. So if I'm sitting next to the plane, you're just like, hey, Chris, my name's Robbie. Why do you think people don't not read the Bible? Yeah. And you got to understand that they weren't always. Like you, I mean, you would have been easier because you're a pastor in ministry, but most of the people next to me were far from God. I mean, I talked to uh, Buddhists, I talked to Muslims, I had uh, I had a guy who was a Southern Baptist pastor who had now left the church and was an open practicing homosexual. Uh, I had Catholics and Episcopals, I had Southern Baptists both in the church, disenfranchised from the, I mean, I had everybody. Okay. Men and women. Uh, I mean, I had everybody and I asked them all the same two questions. The first one was, why don't people read the Bible? Here's the second question. Why don't you read the Bible? Mm. And the responses, Personalizing it. Yes. And the responses were unbelievable. Now let's, let, let's talk about some of these responses after this brief break. In just a couple of weeks, we will be at the Southern Baptist Convention. We're going to have a booth, as we do every year with Replicate. And this year, we want you to come by and pick up a report we've done called Five Surprising Reasons Your Church Isn't As Healthy As You Think. Uh, we've done some research. We've asked people. We've trained thousands of people in thousands of churches over the last decade, and we want to reveal some of that helpful information to you. So stop by booth 845 in the exhibit hall, pick up your free free, free report, and while you're there, grab a free T-shirt. We're excited to give those away this year at the SBC. Again, that's booth 845 in the exhibit hall. Small groups typically meet once a week, but life happens every day. That's why LifeWay created the Daily Discipleship Guide. This new addition to the Bible Studies for Life curriculum is used at the weekly meeting to help generate discussion, but it also contains five daily devotions to reinforce the learning all week long. This consistent time in God's Word helps create the habit of daily Bible reading, an essential behavior for growing disciples. You can download four free sessions of the Daily Discipleship Guide at Bible Studies for Life 
BibleStudyForLife.com slash DDG. That stands for Daily Discipleship Guide. BibleStudiesForLife.com slash DDG. Back on the podcast, we have questions you asked while you were flying for two and a half years back and forth to seminary. Yeah. Uh, can't even imagine it, first of all. what a, uh, I'm glad you did it. <laughs> But my goodness, um, and, and the questions you asked were uh, recap those questions. Are uh, why don't you read the Bible? No, why don't people read? Why the don't Bible? people read the Bible right. in general? And then why don't you read the and Bible? What do you think people said to those questions? Uh, too busy would be my number one guess. Man, I just don't have time. I want to, but I don't have time. Um, I, I would say too busy, and then uh, it's irrelevant. Some people might say if they're not a believer, obviously that'd be kind of your go-to. Why would I read a, a book? Doesn't have any bearing on my life, right? What is it? Means nothing to my life. Um, And then third would be, I don't know. I don't. Those are my those are my only two guesses. Okay, that's good. That's that's what they said. Too busy. uh, Don't have time. Doesn't apply to me. Was a big one. Um, Don't understand it. Um, I don't have a desire to read it. Written by men. Who cares? Okay. But here's the number one. I've kind of distilled them all down. And uh, I found out that one of the top reasons people don't read the Bible, you ready for this, is because they don't think it has any bearing on their life today. What does a 2,000-year-old book, Old Testament, you know, 3,500-year-old book have to do with my 21st century life? Okay? What does that have to do with anything today? That archaic, uh, old-school, primitive way of living. And so what I found is if I could show people how the Bible not only was relevant, but applied to their daily life, they not only would read it, but they would live it. And we would move people from Bible reading to Bible engaging. Okay. This is how I created the here journal. So you're asking the question, what does my quiet time look like? My quiet time looks like this. It is a combination of consistent reading and what I mean consistent reading is I mean reading even when I don't want to read. Hmm. So how do you do that? You wake up. We've all been there. You wake up, you're either running late or you're feeling bad or kids are doing something. Something happens in life. Life happens. And uh, and you're like, I need to read. What, how do you overcome whatever random challenges it is that day? Yeah. So I'm taking a page from John Wesley. Okay. Uh, the Bible is big on orthopraxy follows orthodoxy, meaning what we believe fuses or infuses how we behave. Orthodoxy is right belief. Orthopraxy is right behavior. Okay. So what you believe leads to how you behave. However, when you're talking about creating a habit or a spiritual discipline, you need to put what you do before how you feel. Because there's certain days you're going to wake up, you simply don't feel like reading. There are days I wake up, I don't feel like reading. Yeah. All right, I just want to go to go to the office or go work out or whatever. But I know that if I can commit to a system or a process of reading, and I like to work out. So some of you are listening and working out, and here's kind of my motto: word before weights. Dylan, you like to work out. Here's a great adage for Dylan. Dylan used to work as a trainer at the YMCA. Did you know this? Dylan, my pastoral assistant. Did you know that? I did know it. Colton, did you know that? I did not know that. You did not know that. (laughs) Are you saying you did not know that because the way he looks now? Oh, wow. Whoa. He still works out, though. Yeah, I know. He still works out. Dylan, here's the adage. The word comes before weights because what what I realize is I need to make a priority 
my time with God. See, we would never do this with the world, okay? Like if you have an appointment with a doctor, right? And a doctor's appointment is this Wednesday at 2 o'clock, okay? And uh, do you just decide on Wednesday at 2 o'clock, eh, I just don't think I'm going to go see the doc today. <laughs> In fact, I won't even call him. Yeah. Just going to stay home. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not, okay? Would you ever do the doc? No. Would you have a root canal schedule Thursday at 4, Okay. Now, so, you may skip yeah, it. Yeah, yeah you may I, skip I, it. I but a normal person, <laughs> a normal person, 4 o'clock, you're there at 3.50 yeah, waiting for the appointment, okay? Why is it that we will keep our appointments mm. with people in the world, but we will neglect our appointment with the God who made us? Uh, I think it, has, it connects with our actual belief who God is. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> I mean, it's funny how our schedules work. It's like we will put appointments on our schedule and keep them, but the one appointment with God will keep pushing off and pushing off and pushing off. Eventually, he goes off the calendar completely. So what I'm saying is, doesn't it make sense to, to spend time daily with the person who has the most impact in your life and can have the most impact on your life and through your life? Remember, before God can work through you, Chris, he's got to work on you. Okay, And so reading the Bible is that time with the Lord where God is doing a deep work in you. Remember, ministry is received, not achieved. What I mean is we receive from God ministry. Uh, we don't work for God uh, to, to please God in order to earn something from him. We work from salvation in a sense of motivation for what God's already done for us. Right, And, and the ministry is given to us. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered, God gave the increase. So we work with all our strength, toiling as though it's us. But Paul said, it's actually Christ working in us, Colossians 1. Okay, so here's the thing. The quiet time is a set time where you're going to put it on your calendar and you're going to wake up every single day, rain, sleet, or snow. Okay, you're going to wake up every day. Then the, the here journal method is the... The added bonus that takes your quiet time from ordinary casual checkbox reading to exponential transformative impact. Now, here's what I mean. And we've talked about this before. I'm not going to go all into the Here Journal, but you go look it up. We have it on our website. You can. I think we even did a podcast about it. There's several podcasts that refer to it. One actually just on the Here Journal. Okay, so just look up that podcast. But let me just tell you quickly. It's highlight H, explain E, apply A, R, respond. Okay, so you're trying to hear from God. There's some offshoots of this. They have some people. The, the, the soap method, I think, was around for a heart. while. Someone we like heart. We have a friend a of ours took ours and made it something else. The, the regardless of what you do, you want to spend a t- time in the Word, hearing from God. Now, here's what writing does. I know what you're thinking. I'm not a writer. I'm not a journaler. Neither am I. I'm not a big journal guy. You are a writer. Well, I like to write, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That didn't apply to me, but. Uh, I'm not a big journal guy. And for, the record, journal. Yeah, and for yeah. the record, I have I have written all of my books. This yeah, that's right. I was going to say you, you are a writer, but when I yeah, first came yeah. to Long Hollow, this is a funny story. When I first came to Long Hollow, I had I had uh, rediscovering discipleship was just launching right. uh, almost four years ago, and uh, lady came up to me and said, "Man, you've written a lot of books." She said, uh, "Have you written them all?" I was like, "Isn't that isn't that what's?" supposed to happen when your name goes in the yeah. title of the book and then i realized unfortunately we live in a culture where that's not always yeah, the case. i've got anyway, an idea i'm gonna hire someone to write a book for me and throw my name on it okay that's not the case that's with us you. and i'm not against those i'm not saying well but i don't I'm know sorry, if that's right but anyway there. back to the, the reality is the reality is uh what it does chris is it forces you to slow down 
and to spend time hearing from God. Okay. So often we we're busy telling God what we want. We're always instructing God. We're in prayer with a laundry list of agenda items. God do this, this, and this. When was the last time you sat? And that's, what's so good about the F two sixty plan we've created. You're going to read less like this morning, first Corinthians, uh, we're in first Corinthians. I read less one chapter verse four, chapter 14. And I read less to digest more. Okay. And so you're reading and you're listening and you're trying to hear from God and you're going to write as the Holy Spirit leads you what it, what the text says, you're going to highlight a verse and here's the key. You're going to apply it to your life. That is what most quiet times miss, but the R is what takes it to the next level. Because a lot of times you'll say, okay, I know what this means for my life. But the R is an accountability piece, get this, where you're going to say, because of what I've just read, here's how I'm going to respond. And you can do that in two ways, with a prayer or an action statement. God, I'm going to commit to blank. I'm going to pray about blank. And so let me just encourage you. If you don't have a set time with God, you need a set of time. And if you don't have a journaling system in place, let me challenge you. Here's the challenge. For the next five days, you don't even have to do seven, five days, read the Bible. We encourage the F-260, but take any plan. Read the Bible and journal every day and watch what God does in your life. It's strong, important, it's critical. It's going to help a lot of people. I mean, really, ultimately, if you want to push back against burnout, uh, spending time with the Lord and constantly walking in His way, obviously, will help as you navigate the difficulties of ministry. Uh, I want to ask people if you've listened to the Ask Me Anything podcast. A lot of questions today, asking about asking. But the Ask Me Anything podcast with J.D. Greer and Todd Unzucker is awesome. You can ask him anything, and he will answer those questions. Now, his answers to the questions are interesting, to say the least. And you're, you may be thinking, what are his answers? You'll have to go listen to the podcast. Right. Uh, JD is going to talk about his biggest preaching influences, how Christians should engage with social media, uh, if church membership is in the Bible. Um, so all those interesting questions that you've thought before, JD is answering those. Go check out his podcast as a partner with us in the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.